Welcome everybody. We are back, back to a new season of Cap and Trade here on Twitter Spaces. I'm joined by my good friend and and co-host this time around, uh, Landry Locker from Six Ten Sports Radio. He will be uh, joining me probably every week as as much as he is able to. So Landry, how are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing fantastic, man. Season starts tomorrow. Vibes are good. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff to be excited about. Seems to be a little bit more excitement, not just from like the diehards that we're used to, but you know from the city in general. Uh, at least some intrigue. So can't can't be doing bad when that's going on. No, definitely. I, I think uh, I think there's just a, a good positive good positive outlook on the team. Whether it's people excited for this year, excited for the future from what's coming down the pipeline for the team for the next foreseeable future from, from stockpiling draft picks and cleaning up the roster and moving forward and putting a lot of the, a lot of the shortcomings that came from 2021 behind everybody. So that part's all very exciting. So, uh, you know, we'll kind of stick to the traditional format that we ran with last year where we got some talking points for us to, to roll through and then we'll open it up to some Q and a, towards the end and i just would like to remind everybody that this is being recorded will be redistributed via the podcast and so let's try to keep it g pg nothing too nothing too outlandish but uh and uh also just keep in mind of other people who may be waiting in line so you know try to get your question in and we'll we'll discuss it from there so can we at least get a pg-13 g or pg goodness gracious man i mean what, what are we doing there uh, you know, I, I, I mean, I don't want to have to, every time I had to go back and put the explicit filter on it and it's just a pain for me. All right. So G or PG, there we go. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> all right. So 2022, what, what are the expectations for this team in your eyes? And I know majority of the sports books have the team around four and a half over under on the wins. seems like most people are a, or trending towards the over on that. But, you know, for me, it's, you know, probably six or seven wins, but just see positive growth from the team, positive management from Lovey Smith of, you know, he showed good game management during the, during the preseason with clock management and managing the timeouts and just how they manage this roster. It just, if you, if you feel good about some of the young guys, uh, it, and, and there's progress with young guys. That, that's what a successful season looks like to me. I don't think you can measure it with wins, losses, uh, necessarily. If, if you see – you have 10 guys on the 53 right now that are rookies. If you see improvement there and you feel like there's a good young core, uh, specifically with the rookie class and the guys that Casario's drafted, then that's what, that's what success looks like to me. Now – could they win a lot more games than we anticipate them winning? Yeah, we, uh, they could. Uh, could they win the same amount? Yeah. But what really is going to matter is if you have some guys on this roster, uh, whether it's you know some of the some of the guys on defense, some of the guys on offense, some of the rookies. If, if you feel good about the young talent on this roster, that's what success looks like, and the ultimate success looks like improvement from Davis Mills. And I know a lot of people are talking about. You know, he's got to prove that he's this uh, or else you're looking for a quarterback in the draft next year. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think if he just proves that he's uh, belongs as a starter in this league, I think you can build around him 
and buy even more time and keep it going. So to, to answer your question, uh, success looks like the young guys contributing uh, and the rookies. You feeling good about them after this year? Yeah, I think the rookies contributing and showing growth throughout the season is definitely going to be something to watch for, not only for the three undrafted rookies that made this roster, but all the way starting with Derek Stingley. You want to see you know, Kenyon Green continue to improve and just, you know, hopefully Christian Harris will, will make his make his way back to this team. And you just want to see just contributions from the youth side of the roster and not having to overly depend on the veterans week in and week out. And I agree with you. Yeah, Davis Mills is going to be the the person to be watching for for the rest of this year that will make a, a strong statement towards the success of this roster for this year and for the foreseeable future. But, you know, and that's that's one of the questions I had here is, you know, if if the team, you know, starts losing first half of the year, say they only have two or three, you know, two wins the first half of the season, do you just stick with Davis Mills and let him work his way through it and try to figure his way out of it? Or do you go to Kyle Island? Because that's, to me, it's, you, you've got to let him work his way through it. You've got to let him fail. You've got to let him grow. You've got to let him figure his way through it. And as long as he's healthy, I don't care what the record is. I feel like Davis Mills should be in there playing for the whole year. I think it's Mills or bust, but I think if you're going to make a case for Kyle Allen, that would have to mean that the record isn't bad. I think if the record, like if, if somehow, let's say they're four and four and Davis Mills looks like he did against Buffalo for a couple of weeks and you're still kind of in the mix, that's where maybe you go, you know, maybe Kyle Allen would get his opportunity, although I'm, I'm not betting on that. But I think for the most part, it's Mills or bust. Uh, and I think that's the right way to approach it. We're, we're pretty sure Kyle Allen's a, a backup in the NFL. He's a pretty good one. But it, it's Mills or bust. And the only case for Kyle Allen I would see is if they actually, you know, were flirting with 500 and Mills was struggling and, and winning was the immediate priority and the process over results was kind of in the back burner. That's the only time I, I could envision, you know, Davis Mills, you know, being benched for Kyle Allen. But I, I don't see that happening. I think it's Mills or bust. Yeah, that's pretty much my line of thinking there as well. <clears throat> so, I mean, I, I think, you know, out of the rookie group, speaking of the rookies, I think it's there's a lot of excitement from top to bottom, at least for the first four draft picks especially Kenyon Green, Derek Steenley, and Damian Pierce, who, you know, the darling of, of preseason. I think everybody's really excited to see him play this year. What do you make of this running back room after they – it seemingly was Marlon Mack with with combo of Pierce and then, then Mack's off the, off the 53 to the practice squad, and then now he's gone all together, and it's it's the, the Pierce-Burkhead-Ogumbwale show – with uh, the new kid on the practice squad, what do you make of that running back room now? I still think it's one of the worst in the NFL. Uh, I think it's. I think you got to do a better job uh, with your running back room than they've done. Uh, fortunately, they have Pierce though, so there's at least someone with upside. Uh, but if I'm, if I'm, I'm drafting a running back early, uh, and by early I mean you know second, third, fourth, fifth, like each year. Uh, and, and and first, if there's some, if, if you're a good team. Uh, I'm 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 fine with riding them out for three years, but as far as like the room as a whole, maybe you lucked into Pierce because Dan Mullen's an idiot and gave him a hundred carries last year, and he didn't really get to showcase what he had. But the room as a whole, uh, it's still one of the worst in the NFL. Uh, and I and I like Rex fine, 
but I'm, it's it's just not very good. If, if they're going to run the ball well, it's going to be because the offensive line significantly improved. And I think there's – I think there's – I mean, it's definitely improved. Like, there, there's no there's no doubt that the offensive line is going to be better this year than it was last. Uh, but unless, unless Pearson's just toting the rock, I don't think this running back room is – you know, I, top to bottom, I, I don't think it's it's anywhere near what what you where you need to be in order to you know have a you know top half of the league running back room. Yeah, and I mean it. You you hate to think about injuries, but I mean you're one injury away from from Burkhead and Ogunwale being your one two backs or one A and one B or something like that. So that that the depth the depth of the running back room is my concern. I mean I'm excited about Pierce just like as anybody else but injuries happen and it, it, it is what it is and that's just a concern of mine and I was very I mean when they moved Mac over to the practice squad it, you know, it made sense I understood it but when they moved when they let him go I it just I don't know if things got a little bit sideways between him and the team and he didn't agree with with um making him you know putting him on practice squad putting him in that type of role or what happened or how things, everything went, one, uh, went sideways like that. And then he's just gone off the roster and, and I don't think he signed anybody signed with anybody else, but I don't know if he would even be a candidate to bring back if, if he's even interested. So I don't know if there's something to that or if it's just me, just, just, uh, grasping at grasping at straws there with that. But, you know, overall, that's, that's one of my areas of concern beyond Damian Pierce. What, but Cap, I think you could say that all the way down the roster uh, when it comes to skill position. Yeah, depth. I mean, and, and there's no doubt that depth is going to be a concern. But I mean, you could say that at tight end, uh, tight end was a big concern heading into the draft. Yeah. They didn't really, you know, they haven't done a ton there. Although I like I like adding OJ Howard, and then at receiver, uh, that's as well. But but the good thing is, you know, unlike last year with the running backs. Um, you at least have like some young guys that you're at least intrigued about with that lack of depth, but depth, skill position, talent and depth is a concern all the way down the roster. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, although it's improved, although it has improved. So I I will, I want to preface that I'm not just, you know, trying to crap on them, but see how I PG'd it there. Um, But (laughs) it has improved. Yeah, no, I, I, there are. I mean, it just like the defensive line's probably the strongest position or position group on this roster from from beginning, you know, from front to back. There's no just clear cut all pro within that group, but there's plenty of depth along the defensive line. So that was going to be oh, one of bodies. my. That was going to be one of my questions. Was what was the position group of strength on this roster in my mind it's it's pretty clear it's it's defensive line they're going to have a good strong rotation both on the interior and on the uh edges you know they pretty much have four uh defensive end guys that'll be rotating in and out between oba hughes grenard and um green i think he was on the injury report today but haven't heard anything major about that you know, so I think those four should hopefully keep fresh legs among the defensive end group throughout the season if, if Lovey will continue rotating them in and out instead of just relying on one set of one set of pass rushers to have sixty or seventy percent of the snaps. You know, that's that's for saying 
unless one of the players just finds a tackle that they can just continually pick on, then you leave them in. But for the most part, you should be able to rotate those those folks in just the same as you can rotate the the interior players out. So, it's, I mean, are you kind of agreeing it's there that the defensive line is probably the strongest position group? I, I agree. Uh, can I count secondary, or or do I have to just divide corners and safety? Because if, if no, I, I'm if I could, d- defensive backs, defensive back, defensive backs again, depth might be a concern. But I'm intrigued by what the defensive backs are going to be. I think there's there's going to be some growing pains, but I think there could be a point where we say, "Dang, you know what? This secondary is really good." Because uh, Stingley looks as good as advertised. Now, again, he's going to go through some some growing pains. Every rookie corner does. Petrie looks like the real deal. I'm intrigued by Jonathan Owens because I don't know if Jonathan Owens is just a starter here because he's competing with Eric Murray or if he's actually going to be a solid NFL player. So he's kind of the X factor there because I don't trust Eric Murray as a starter. And if Owens goes down, that's a little bit concerning. But I think there's potential with the secondary. If I had to just say it right now, I would agree with you on D-line. But I I would keep an eye on the secondary and keep a real close eye on Jonathan Owens because I think if he can be serviceable, I think you have a pretty good secondary, which is encouraging because, you know, we talked about the the lack of depth at running back and, you know, tight end. Um, the, The secondary was something they said they wanted to address, and I feel like they did a pretty good job addressing it. And they not only addressed it with, you know, uh, a veteran and then a guy, a, a new starter, I guess you could say, you know, is, but they did it with two guys that looked like they could be, I guess I'll use the word cornerstones, but like cornerstone type guys, uh, as, as this thing continues. So I'll say, I'll, I'll agree with you on, uh, D line, but I think secondary is something to keep an eye on. Yeah, the, I would agree there. I mean, I think, uh, Steven Nelson was probably one of the most underrated signings for this, for this off season, for the team, they were looking at James Bradbury and he was, quite you know he was basically double the cost of steven nelson and i think the the performance output between the two players is going to be near near identical so i think that was that was a good move i think uh hopefully he can fit the scheme in if they're going to keep stingley over there on an island playing man coverage and then uh like you said petrie coming in owens i think that's having essentially four new starters you know owens was kind of you know pseudo starter half of the season last year so Three new three new starters in the back end of the of the defense is to be excited about. Like we talked about, depth is going to be concerned. Like you said, that'll be a concern pretty much all the way up and down the roster. But yes, I, I how about we can kind of do a one A and one B. What's that? How about that Stingley Pittman, little Stingley Pittman action on Are Sunday? They I'm intrigued f- by that. Pittman. Oh, Michael Pittman. Okay. Yeah. 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 He's yeah. a he's a big body man. That's going to be a good. He's a hell of a player, and he's very physical. It's one of those things where sometimes you worry about like the the speedsters against him, but I feel like this is just going to be a big physical, solid football matchup. Like this is going to be a that's going to be a grown man matchup. I don't know if he follows him. I don't know how they're going to play it. I know Lovey kind of teased it, but every time twenty four is lined up against eleven, I think is uh, Pittman's number. Um, man, I'm I'm gonna have my eyes right there. That's where I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be watching that the whole damn time, almost like I watched Ross. I uh, hate watched Ross Blacklock all preseason. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think yeah, that'll be a good one. And I think they have a very underrated athletic tight end in uh, Mo Ali Cox. So Mo Ali's a baller, yeah. man. I feel like I feel like I he really might be like one of the breakout players. This yeah, year. 
He is he's he was coming into his own last year, and he is very very athletic. So Jalen Petrie is going to have his hands full with him, and uh, whoever's covering out of the linebackers, well, I guess it's going to be Kirksey, Hewitt, and uh, is it Kamu or yeah, Kamu will probably be starting. So isn't it going to be nice not to see Ty out there? Like, I was gonna, the I was time, gonna, like, I was thinking in my head, I was like, should we talk about not seeing Ty because he. But, Man, yeah. it's a nightmare if you go out there and you're watching the Texans. You always know where Ty is. It's going to be weird to go out there and see the see the Colts and not not be looking at Ty. It's actually going to be nice. Yeah. No, not going to hurt my feelings not seeing him out there. Uh, just for everybody listening, um, you know, you can always send in a request in on the bottom left. There's a mic if you want to ask a question later on in the show. But there is a different feature with spaces now. On the bottom right, there's a little comment icon it's basically you know you're, you're tweeting on the on the spaces thread that's another place if you want to ask a question versus uh speaking you can uh you can post a question there in the in the thread and we'll we'll take a look at that as well so let's see what else is on the list well we talked about that so i want to talk about confidence and pep hamilton and what mm. was the confidence level from the fan base for from you I think we're all excited about him coming from from Tim Kelly. And speaking of Tim Kelly, it was funny watching Tennessee Titans fans get all excited about Tim Kelly being hired. Were they? Yes. Really? My gosh, it was a whole group of them with Mike Herndon and all them talking. And they were all examining all the stats that Deshaun Watson put up. Oh, you know. God. I was like, no, Tannehill's not going to do that with Kelly. But anyhow, so... Pep Hamilton, I think we're you know I think everybody's all excited. We've you 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 and uh, Lopez had a really good talk with Mills at camp about and the, Pep yeah and about Pep. the di- about the differences, especially you know taking a little bit off the plate of Mills. The center is calling the mic out now. It's, you know, hopefully frees up Mills a little bit to spend a little more time reading the coverage, reading the defense in front of him, checking. You know, hopefully. I don't know if you've been able to get a sense or not. Is, is he going to have a little bit of leeway at the lines? He can be able to check out a plays. I don't know how much, how many. I haven't p- gotten, I haven't gotten any sense of that. I'm assuming that he will, uh, but I don't know. But we got to talk to Pep and we got to talk to Mills. And Mills went. I mean, Mills basically said what we've heard for a while that basically there was too much on the quarterback in the old system. Um, and Pep Hamilton. I don't know. The question of the offseason for me has been what the hell is a Pep Hamilton offense? And I don't think we'll know. We might not even know this year because it's going to come down to personnel. And maybe there's no such thing. Pep Hamilton told me that there's no such thing as that. Uh, it's basically just, you know, he didn't say game plan offense. So don't don't freak out. He didn't say like that. But it, there's just it, it's more like a, a field type of thing. I did find it interesting that. We talked to Kevin Bowen today uh, on In the Loop on Sports Radio 610, and he's the guy that I trust the most about knowing the Colts. Like he, When it comes to the Colts, there's no one else that I feel knows the Colts like Kevin Bowen. And he said he thought Pat Hamilton was a scapegoat in Indianapolis and that Pagano just wanted to hire his buddy. So you, you go back to you know how things ended in Indianapolis, and naturally people say, well, you know, Pep just wasn't getting the job done. But Kevin Bowen says he was kind of a scapegoat. But I have no idea what a Pep Hamilton offense is. I just know it's not a Tim Kelly slash B.O.B. offense, and I'm good with that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm 
I'm excited. I mean, I, I, I'm not real knowledgeable on what kind of system he ran in the last few places, but I do know that he had success in Indianapolis. I know he had a success in Los Angeles. May or, he may or may not have been a play caller in those places, but he's had success and shown improvement every stop that he's been to in the last few runs. And then we saw the back half of the season with Davis Mills last year and showing marked improvement. So just putting all those things together, I'm definitely excited. I'm just not sure what we're going to see, but I'm happy to see anything other than what we saw the previous four, you know, three or four years when it came to uh, what Tim Kelly was calling plays and, and OB was calling plays and all the option routes and confusion. And hopefully we just, it's almost kind of like what Lovey employed the first half of the last year when they basically ran cover two the first four or five games and nothing else just to get down the fundamentals. Well, and, and I also a, uh, an intermediate slash dump off option for the quarterback. And I, and I felt like in, you know, Tim Kelly and BOB's offense, a lot of times the quarterback was out to dry. You look long and then you have these long developing middle of the field routes. Uh, it does seem like that, you know, when they're running RPOs, uh, there, there is like at least, you know, if the quarterback goes through his progression, there's at least like an option to get the ball out of his hands and, you know, get someone underneath. Uh, a lot of times it's been kind of, it's been Chris Moore. It looks like, I don't know if that's going to be the case when stuff picks up, but there does at least seem to be that. And that, that was something that was lacking with OB and Tim Kelly. Yeah. You know, that was I was really excited about John Minchie and I and I wish wish him the best and I really hope to see him back in twenty twenty three. But that you know, Chris Moore has shown to be a capable slot wide receiver. You know, and he'll has he has he? I'm I'm kinda of doing air quotes. I know you can't see it with when I say yeah, capable. Of course we can't. But uh gracious. But uh I'm trying to be generous. He'll he'll be sufficient sufficient's not really a good one either i don't know he he'll be the slot wide receiver and and dorsett will be kind of rotating in between the outside and the slot but i was really looking forward to john mechie this year so i think we'll cooks see. will play more too cooks cooks played 24 percent in the slot last year so you know i we asked him you know where do you want to line up do you like lining up in the slot you know how cooks is i'm a ball wherever uh, <laughs> but i i do think that that 24 percent is going to go up and I think that's that's a good choice. That's a good option. Uh, and and I also think they're going to try to use Brevin Jordan. But I'm telling you, man, Brevin Jordan's been dropping a lot of balls in practice in the preseason, even going back to last year. Uh, hopefully, that doesn't happen in the regular season. But man, he, I, I don't think I've seen like in a two year stretch, like as far as practice, the, the guy does drop a lot of passes. He had like the first two practices of camp was great, and then. Just kind of slowly went downhill, kind of the way last year went. So, you know, it. We'll see. I I don't know if they're going to be rotating the receivers around like that or not. Maybe we'll see some just based on matchups. You know, if you see Cook slot over things like that. But you know, I just I just want to see clean management of the offense from from Pep Hamilton. Try to stay on schedule. Try to avoid the the second and longs where you end up running and it turns into third and long. You know, just keep it clean and simple. I think if the, if the team can execute, and then you start you start bringing in a little a little more variation as as the season progresses. But 
not saying go full vanilla starting out, but like I said, that was kind of my comparison with Levy Smith starting out vanilla last year. I feel like may start out a little vanilla this year on the offensive side and kind of work, work your way into it. So what player would kind of be your dark horse player to exceed expectations on either side of the ball? Apparently for you, it's Chris Moore. You made him sound like Wes Welker a few minutes ago. So I said capable. I didn't say all <laughs> pro. My gosh. You said to, to be the breakout player this year? Yeah. I mean, it's got to be Nico, right? I mean, would I bet on it? I, I, I don't know. Well, it's like not breakout. Nico. It was who's going to ex- overly exceed your expectations. Overly exceed my expectations? Yeah. <sighs> on offense? I would say Philip Dorsett. I, I think Philip Dorsett might be a little bit more of a factor than we anticipate in this offense. I think even if you if you look at the preseason, uh, Philip Dorsett, that catch at the end of the first half uh, of preseason game two, I I think Davis Mills needed that because if he doesn't make that catch, and, and he very much could have not made that catch because the guy tried to take his head off on the sidelines, uh, we don't see Nico Collins catch the ball in the end zone because – they have to kick a field goal and they have to settle for that. Right. So I think there is some trust with Philip Dorsett. Uh, they went back to him at the end of uh, another preseason uh, the, at the same game and he got the, the penalty. So I think Philip Dorsett, look, his career has been for the most part disappointing. But I, if you're asking me like exceed expectations, my guy would be Philip Dorsett. What about the defense? On defense, uh, exceeding my expectations – uh, my guy would be Garrett Wallow. Uh, although I do expect things from Garrett, they seem to like him. Assuming that he's healthy, uh, I think Garrett Wallow might establish himself as a pretty nice option, uh, specifically on passing downs. But Garrett Wallow would be my guy. And I also think Roy Lopez. And I know Roy Lopez exceeded expectations last year, but I think Roy Lopez could take like even a bigger step up to where you know it's basically uh, – I don't want to say he's playing with house money, but the fact he was a starter this year, you look at it and you're like, okay, that's solid. I think next year we might be saying Roy Lopez is a really, really solid football player, and he's way better than just a starter. He's a really good player. So Roy Lopez and Garrett Wallow would be my guys on defense. So for me, it's going to be Titus Howard on the offense. Um, you know, He's had a full camp at one position, first time in his life in the NFL. And, you know, he showed some promise, whether it's on the left end or the right end. So I, I have I have hope that he's going to come into his own and become an, a very foundational right tackle, put himself in line for a contract extension next year, next offseason. So that'd be one of my one of my choices on the offensive side, defensive side. You know, it's more of a health perspective. I think if Jonathan Grenard can stay healthy he's gonna put up some some pretty pretty strong numbers Ken is still a little bit leery about his his run defense but he definitely can put up some sack production we just need the team really needs him to stay healthy this year and then uh steven nelson is another player that i'm really excited to look at because i think he he's going to bring that veteran leadership to that secondary and for the cost that the team was able to acquire him for, I think was relatively low compared to the market. So I think that might be, like I said earlier, it could very well be one of the best, one of the better free agent signings of, of, of this year. So that would be my two players. 
Let's see here. We'll look at jump over to the comments real quick because Chuck is always ready to go. He says, how the heck, he chose a different word, did Royce Freeman make the team? That It's, it's special teams, right? That's, a, that's the only reason he's here. I can't think of any other reasons. I mean, he's never he, he shouldn't be touching the the ball when he's running well, because he's, let, let me say this: they also lined him up at fullback some at the end of camp. So oh yeah, he's a big I, boy. Yeah, so you know, fullback, running back, special teams, all that. And look, who's to say that he's not one of the three best running backs on this team? Do we really know? Uh, yes, that's how. I do. They don't. He is. They don't clear running back four. He looked like got cement feet running. Okay, so you think he's you think he's clear four? Yes. Okay. Well, you we haven't really seen thirty three run the ball in like a real game, you know. So there could be situations where maybe he's your best short yardage guy or one of your better short yardage guys, along with Pierce. I don't know that, but the the it's verse it goes back to versatility and it goes back to the fact that it's just not a very good running back room. But they did line him up at fullback. Yeah. Okay. Fullback. He, he can just do a lot. He can just he can do, do a lot. lot. Of Versatility. Blech. But yeah, I, I would. I, I hate it. I hate it as much as you do, if not more. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at it. He had a. He had quite a few special team snaps as well through the preseason. I'm looking at it right now. So, I think between what what Landry said and and what I'm talking about on special teams, I think is uh, going to be the uh, be the main two reasons why Chuck that Royce Freeman made this roster. And then also he he very well could be the most one of the more expendable players as soon as you know Tegan I can never say his last name Kitoriano or Tavier Thomas or Christian Harris comes off of IR Freeman might be the first one off the roster. Those players got to miss four games. All right, expectations on Jonathan Owens. We kind of talked about that, that a little bit earlier, but we can kind of recap it. I don't expect much. I'll be honest. And and I don't mean that disrespectfully. I just, uh, you know, I naturally wonder, like, is he a a legit starting safety in the NFL or is he just a a starting safety here? Uh, And and, and I think it goes back to, like, you know, when we talk about Davis Mills, some people are saying, well, he's got to be this, this, this. this." He was a third-round pick. Like, just the fact you're even having a conversation about Davis Mills, it validates the pick. And and just the fact that Jonathan Owens – is a starting safety in the NFL says a lot. So as far as my expectations, I, I expect Jonathan Owens to look bad at times. I think he's going to be okay at times. But if you ask me to bet, I would say five months from now, w- w- we might be talking about the need for another safety if, if I had to bet on that. But that doesn't mean that Jonathan Owens isn't an NFL player. That doesn't mean he can't contribute to a team. I'm just skeptical as to whether or not he's a starting safety. Could be wrong. Not like not going to pound the table on it like like I would like Eric Murray a couple of years ago. Uh, but uh, I'm 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 my expectations are very low, very low. Yeah, that that's that's probably about right. I mean, it, it seems the team wants to give him the full opportunity. I mean, he's been on and off the roster. He's been on and off the practice squad multiple times. I think this is going to be his clear-cut single shot at at cementing himself as a as a starting safety, and it may not he may not even get half the season to prove it. Unfortunately, because I think the team is willing to step into Eric Murray 
unfortunately, to to take over if if Owens is not not putting up the work that they need out of him. So, but I'm excited for him. I, he's he's been an extremely hard worker. It's a wonderful story. You know, it's it's. I feel sometimes I feel bad the the questions he has to answer sometimes when Berman gets to him, but um, but overall, I mean, <laughs> makes, how does that make you feel? <laughs> how do you good, feel? That was a great impression, um, Berman. Oh, that's my dog right there, Mark Berman. I, I love I, that guy so much. I know, but yeah, so so do dog. That's. Oh. That's pretty cool. DOG. That would be our expectation for Jonathan Owens. I mean, uh, hopefully he can continue to grow into proving that he belongs to be a starting safety. At worst, he's a very, very quality depth player at a, at a low cost. I mean, he's a free agent next year. I think he, I think he might be a, a restricted free agent next year. So the team would have a little additional control, low cost control next year on him. Planet Doom, we are definitely moving on from Britt if he fails to exceed this year, right? I like him, but I don't think he's a mauler. I, I just, I've I never just, been a fan of Justin Britt from the beginning. I, I'm not either, and I think, you know, I, I'll say this, though, and, and this might sound, I, I think you can probably, I think Meltzer's in here, too. He is. But I think, I think you can relate to this. Like, I think there's no doubt that if Bill O'Brien were still here, Justin Britt would have been named the captain today. He would have found some way to rig the rig the voting or whatever, and Justin Britt would have been a captain. Like, I, I look, man, he's he's funny, he's witty. I know people like his quotes. I just don't know that he's very good, and I don't know how much he has left, and I don't know how much he can stay on the field and stay healthy. Like the way he moves around, it's a little bit, it's a little bit awkward, uh, but. I'm with him. I, I don't think Britt's that that great of a player. Um, and I know you like you like Morrissey last year. You said he had like the city going nuts or something like that. I remember that. That was my favorite quote of last yeah, year. Yeah, it was. It was everybody was excited. It's the smallest center in all of NFL. When you watch him, he looks. Like, <laughs> he's a little bitty. He's on the practice squad. So I mean, and Questenberry is the backup center. And there, you know, if he's not running his mouth, trying to get himself in trouble with the rest of the offensive line. Um, he, but Britt's fine. I just don't think he can stay healthy. Man. That that's I really, what I was, like, that's what I was getting at. Is he was a good player? I don't think he can stay healthy. That's what I'm getting at. Is I don't. You just have to expect eight games out of him, and then the other nine games, he's either on injured reserve or out. You know, missing games. And if he can make it a whole season on his knees, I mean, it's it's clear the team has concerns when they didn't even play him at all during the preseason. He had probably the most vet days during training camp. And so there's obviously a concern with the legs and hopefully it can hold up. But I just, my confidence is low on that. The, the, the contract, he doesn't have any guaranteed salary in 2023. So it, it would be very easy to move on from him after this year. If, if, if he is not showing what, he, what the team needs out of him. And I mean, he's 31 this year. I mean, I, I think you you moving on with him regardless unless he just shows out, which I, I think there's an extremely low chance of that happening. So I think you just try to make it through this year with him, with Questenberry. Having Morrissey on the practice squad just gives me any, give, gives me even more credence to the fact that they have concerns about Britt's health. 
to where they can elevate more C3 times this year as needed as well to cover the cover the gaps. And so the team will be looking at center next year. I think I think that's pretty safe to say. Yes, and Mike Meltzer is in here. He's just just listening to Look my, at that headshot, man. That is fantastic. I, that looks like that's a lawyer I want to defend at me right there. <laughs> Let's see here. I think he might be on listen only because he's yeah. uh, he's in Vegas for a bachelor party, actually. Oh, well, yeah. Why, why is he in here listening then? Why isn't Because he's probably on a plane or something, man. Oh, well, okay. I talked to him. I talked to him on the phone like uh, four hours ago. I, I guess I'll let's just uh, I won't say what he but he I, I don't think he enjoys the bachelor party life as much as he does like my Vegas trips where it's just kind of chill, which, by the way, if anyone's going to Vegas for the game this year, let me know. I'm going to be there. I'm, I'm the man when it comes to cheap, nice places to eat, nice restaurants, all that type of stuff. I'm, I'm the king of that. Four times a year at least. <laughs> I've been to Vegas once, and it was enough for me to know I don't want to go back. Well, that's the, that doesn't surprise me, Troy. Yeah, I know. That doesn't surprise me, sir. But I don't, I don't, I've never hit a club or anything like that. I just know, I know where to watch the games. I know where to eat. I know where to That walk. part I, I can do with, with, that part I can do with the, everything else yeah. with it. No, thanks. yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, no. And trust me, you can ask Mel. It's just laid back, man. It's yeah. laid back. Let's see here. Vera's been patiently waiting. Uh-oh. Yep. Big cool. V. Vera, what's going on tonight, man? Hey guys, I appreciate you taking my question. Um, Just wanted to add, so in addition to not only naming Justin Britt the team captain, he would have also praised him for how he takes his weights back to his home garage. (laughs) Um, uh, But on to more serious things, I had had a two-part question, one about the offense and one about the defense. Um, What are your realistic expectations with the interior offensive line for this year? And I'm not talking about Britt, I'm really talking about the guards, We'll, we'll find the replacement for Britt at the end of the season. But what are your realistic expectations for the interior offensive line? Um, the second part of the question, which is on the defense, is um, would Desmond King be the slot corner until Tavier Thomas gets back? The reason I'm asking is when I watched the highlights of the San Francisco game, there was that one particular throw which I think Trey Lance made on a third and whatever. And... and um, Oh, King this lost guy his pass. guy big time. His guy King was lost wide his guy open. Big time, and yeah. even though Nelson broke the thing, I didn't. Lance didn't see his slot, the crosser, and King looks like he's really struggling, which is what he was meant to be, like a slot corner. So, I, I'm not. I don't have a very high level of confidence on who our slot corner is going to be. But I'll I'll uh, mute up and listen. Thanks, guys. There were a couple times where Lance had the guy in the middle and he just didn't even look at him. The the it, it, the incomplete pass to Debo, I think it was on the first series. Um, the yep. guy was wide open, like he might have scored. Uh, and I don't, I think it might have been Ayuk, but I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. But there were multiple times where who whoever was guarding whoever in the slot, if Lance would have just looked. It would have been church. Uh, specifically, if you go back and look at that incomplete to Debo where they had to punt on third down, look at the guy in the middle of the field. That's what he's talking think, about. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the one, yes. And and, and it was it was wide open, like wide open. Um, I think King's going to do a lot of slot stuff. You're going to see Petrie too. Yeah. Uh, but 
I, I, I I'm not like too concerned about it because that's where Desmond King needs to be. I'm, I'm more concerned when Desmond King's like on the one of your starting yeah. cornerbacks. Yeah, that's where I'm more concerned. There's going to be some some mistakes. That just comes with the territory. So I'm not overly concerned about it. As far as the interior line, look, I think when Kenyon Green gets in there, he's going to be a, he's going to be a mauler. He's going to be a butt kicker, uh, and you're going to feel good about that. I don't know what AJ can is in game. Like he, he didn't stick out enough to where he looked bad, but I never like looked over there and said, man, this guy's just mauling people. Now it, it's harder to do in practice. And we were at every practice. So I'm going to hold off on AJ can. I have no idea what AJ can is, but as far as Kenyon green, when Kenyon greens in there, he is going to maul folks. Yeah. I think, I think everybody's concerned with Kenyon green is going to be the pass blocking aspect of the game. And if he can manage that, he had a little bit of struggle in the San Francisco game, but you know, it's his first game back and that'll come, come with time. And we, we just got to keep reminding ourselves that he is a rookie, but AJ can, yeah, I agree with you. His, he didn't pop out during preseason or during camp, but he didn't look like a liability either. If that makes sense. He just was, you don't, you didn't hear his name, whether good or bad. And he was just, uh, a sufficient guard. And so having the two bookend tackles is going to, if you know everybody stays healthy out there and we don't have a hurt thumbs again, I think uh, the offensive line as a whole should be improved. The interior, we know that's a given it's improved for yeah, sure. I think this is going to be a middle of the road, you know, probably whatever metric you want to look at DVOA, you know, PFF grading. I think this is going to end up being kind of a, a 15th, Middle middle of the pack type offensive line, which by all accounts would be a, a big a big jump in improvement versus twenty twenty one, especially in the run blocking. And I think they are making a concerted effort towards the run blocking aspect. And I think George Warhop it will bring that aspect to this to this uh to this offensive line. I think the the scheme between the coaching and Pep Hamilton's scheme, you won't see the offensive line be as confused as we saw last year with Tim Kelly's scheme. There was a lot of miscommunications and who needs to go where. And so that's where players were getting lost during stunts and things like that. So I think everything will be a much more defined role in where every player needs to go. And, you know, we saw it in the San Francisco game with Kenyon Green. He was a mauler. He was getting to the second level very quick. So run blocking, I'm excited to see how much of them improved. And I'm hoping pass blocking will remain capable on the interior. I think that's probably going to be the be the weakest point because Mills is showing a little bit of, of skittishness in the pocket. Not trying, he's trying to escape a little early. So hopefully the interior will hold up for him. Man, and if it and if it doesn't, like ho- the the other thing about it is we've become so used to this vanilla weak offensive system to where you're basically relying on the offensive line to be perfect each time, and there's no adjustment. You know, you're you're not you're not moving the quarterback out of the pocket. You're not, you know, throwing a screen every once in a while or something like that. So so if it's not perfect, hopefully the coaching's competent enough to where you can't completely mask the imperfections, but you can at least do do something to at least combat them to where you're not putting whoever uh, out there on an island and expecting them to to get the job done, and they're just getting mauled and beat up, and the, and, and the offense has no chance. Yeah, the interior is going to be a. It's going to have a heck of a matchup this week against uh, Buckner and and Stewart. Oh, Those are both oh, very, very, very good 
interior. I'm defender. very glad that Sharping is not playing. By the way, that that Rams preseason game where you saw him get mauled by the backup, all I was thinking was his man, wife is going to yell at him when he gets home. <laughs> what if that were DeForest Buckner or something? No. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I, you know, that was unfortunate that that Sharping just kind of fell off the rails the last couple of years. But yeah, I was glad to see them just cut bait and move on with that there was no i didn't even want him back on the practice squad it was maybe a change of scenery will help him out you know but yeah i mean aj can we'll we'll see what he is we know what Britt is we we have expectations for Kenyon green i don't know if he's going to start this week but it kind of sounded like lovey said that he'll play at some point it may not he'll play it almost sounded like maybe some kind of rotation type thing i think that's what we're going to see for sure they're going to rotate the guys and uh, I think that's that's fine. I mean, that's that's a good way to get, you know, him acclimated and out there and doing his thing. Maybe maybe take a breath before the game, relax, and then get out there and find his rhythm because he's definitely going to find it. Like you know, when you talk about the concerns about the pass blocking, there there will be some growing pains. There'll be times where it looks raw, but I, I have all the confidence in the world that he's going to figure it out. He's 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 a very talented, hardworking uh, young man. He's going to be fine. Yeah, no, I'm, you know, I th- I think, you know, I think the Texans are what fa- are seven point dogs, seven point seven and a half point dogs, something like that. So, I think there's a lot of money on them trying to hopefully cover in the spread. I think, you know, seeing seeing the offensive line will be improved, and that's kind of what I was leaning into this last talking point was just what what do you think is going to happen in this Colts game? I mean, I you know I. I think every, I think the team, I think the fans are all excited. I certainly don't want to see the, you know, the fan base kind of get deflated with a blowout. So a, a loss is fine, just as long as there is a competitive loss and not a blowout. I think that would, and just show some signs of life would be a positive sign for this. And, you know, obviously a win would be fantastic and, and everybody would be. So you say in GFC, go fight cover. I don't even know what that means. Instead of go fight win, go fight cover. Is that what I'm hearing from Cap? You got the gambling goggles on now? I don't gamble. Well, you're just talking about spreads and stuff. I'm trying to sound smart. Uh, <laughs> no, no, but I, but as far as the game yeah. itself, yeah. I, I do think there is something. And, and look, I don't know what, and I don't think anyone does. They've made adjustments. Like, they've moved back practice in Indianapolis. But they're... There is like there's something up with how they are in openers. The last time Indianapolis won a season opener, Terrell Pryor was the quarterback for the Oakland Raiders. Right. Like that's how long it's been. And I think they've won two of the last twelve. That doesn't mean as much as it does that Frank Wright's never won one. And we can say, well, you know, he had a new quarterback and you know it was a it was a first year quarterback and he couldn't figure it out. They lost to the Seahawks last year. That was a seven-win team. The year before that, Jacksonville won one game all year. It was against the First Colts and Phillip Rivers. I remember that. And they were the worst team in the NFL. They lost to a five-win Cincinnati team. They lost to a five-win Chargers team pre-Justin Herbert. And they lost to Sean McVay in his debut. So there's there's something there. And, and I don't know what it is. I don't have the mystery. But there is something there, and they've kind of tried to tweak it a little bit. Maybe it's the preparation. I don't know. They're just bad in September. They're just bad in September, period. And I, 
I don't know if it's a coincidence. I have no idea. But there there has there has to be something to that, because when you have half a decade of a sample size, something's got to give. I think it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a close game. I think the spread I think it's going to be a, a back and forth uh, between the spread. I do wonder, because as much as we're talking about the concerns with the Texans and there's all kinds of them, there's depth issues. And if someone gets hurt, you, you know, there, there's a there's a number of injuries where this could look a lot different. One of their biggest problems in Indianapolis is wide receiver depth. They got they got a problem when it comes to wide receiver depth, and I don't really know that they've addressed that. Uh, I think Mo Ali Cox is going to be, as you said, I think he's going to be the difference. And the other thing is this, and this is something that happened today. You mentioned the injury report. Is Shaq Leonard going to play in this game? Like, if if, if Shaq Leonard doesn't play, that's a, that, that's that's maybe the best player on the field. Uh, not being there for Indianapolis, but but I think it's I think it's going to be a one possession game, uh, and and I just I can't make sense of why exactly Frank Reich and the Indianapolis Colts are so bad in see, in season openers. I have no idea. No one can explain it. Yeah, I'm looking at their at their wide receivers beyond Pittman and Paris Campbell. You know if he's going to be healthy or not. I mean it's. Eesh. It's, it's a, rough. It's it almost looks like the Houston has a better, more no. depth than Indianapolis. But well, I mean, uh, the, but I mean, it it your point is that I mean they Frank Wright's gonna be on the hot seat this year. And you think? Yeah. Well, Ursa yes. was pretty pissed last year. Yes. I mean he he I think he is definitely in the top five running for being fired at some point this year if they're not above five hundred. And, and you mean compete. after the year, right? After the year. After the year, towards the end of the okay. year, if they're not competing or, or at least competing oh, yeah. for Ursay, playoffs. Ursay was pissed. The, the the problem that Frank Reich has right now with Ursay is that uh, Carson Wentz was his guy, and Jim Ursay is disgusted by by Carson Wentz. Like, he is disgusted uh, by what went down with Carson Wentz. He won't shut up about it. He's still bringing it up every five minutes. Like It's, it's almost like he's embarrassed – that he ever allowed Carson Wentz to put on an Indianapolis uniform. So there is that, and that was his guy. Hot seat, maybe. I don't know. I think Chris Ballard likes him, but they suck in openers, man. And and I, I would be interested to hear what Ursay would say if after that embarrassing loss to Jacksonville, their, you know what their percentage was to make the playoffs with two weeks left in the season before they lost to the Raiders and then lost to Jacksonville? I don't remember the number of it. I know it's high. Ninety-eight yeah. I mean, that was an epic, epic failure of. And if they follow that off with a loss to a team that people don't expect to be very good, man, mm, I would not want to be around Jim Irsay. <laughs> no, it's definitely going to be a close game, and and uh, you know, excited to see what happens. Excited to see, excited for the fans. Kind of curious to see how how filled up the stadium is going to be. If it's going to be back to to jam packed levels, or is it going to be kind of a mid 50-60% capacity kind of thing? I don't know. I don't know. That's that's going to be interesting. They got Paul Wall and the Prairie View Band at halftime. I'm excited for that. That's that Prairie View Band by themselves. They should perform at every halftime. So we got we got a little Prairie View Paul Wall there. You gonna be roaming the the parking lot beforehand? Always, man. Got to judge the tailgates for HEB. Parking lot pimping. Don't know what lot yet. Figgy's in here. Uh, but, yeah, we'll be parking lot pimping, making our uh, making our way down there. Got to get the tailgating back up, man. 
that was the one thing you could always hang your hat on no matter what the tailgating and that's that's something that they're very aware that they got to get back to where it is I, I think we should be good there we'll be able to handle that i love michael's texts they're so good Meltzer, yeah he's excited that he got a chocolate yeah in a magazine so that's good yeah i wonder what kind of magazine <laughs> lawyers weekly who knows um probably time, something intelligent yeah no what time do y'all head i, I don't know if i'm not sure what time i'll be there we go there at eight man we go oh, there like i won't be there that early yeah you you're not you're not that much of an early riser but yeah we'll be there at eight. Oh, i'm an early riser because my my son commands commands it so but no i go to church and then i'll i'll head up there i'll be up there uh oh uh, fig says red lot so y'all be in the red lot this weekend all right red lot yes sir shout out to the red lot man i'm kind of ticked so i have to i as you know born and raised or not born born in austin my parents met at the university of texas they got divorced uh my dad our road trips were to ut games mm-hmm. and that's that's my bond because my parents both like ut i've been to all you know all three times in my lifetime they play at the rose Bowl. i've gone there texas ou 20 times season tickets all that uh that's the squad that i support the most and i and i and, and it's a damn shame because i let them down and i ended up going to other big 12 schools so I wanted to go to this Texas-Alabama game, uh, even though uh, I know it's going to be a beatdown. See, I didn't cuss. There you go. PG again. I appreciate it. G-rated for you. But I have to go to a freaking wedding because my girl's friend wants to have a wedding. She's, she's in the over, uh, the room, and I can, I, I'm sure she's rolling her eyes at me. But they, who has a wedding during fall during football season? These jamokes. So I got to go to this wedding at 5 o'clock. I'm going to have an out, so I'm going to leave probably about 8. Uh, and then I'm going to drive back and then I'm going to go to the game, but I'm not even getting to go to this man. Oh. Cause these jamokes and you know what I'm hoping for? I'm hoping it rains. I'm hoping it rains. It ruins her makeup and her dress and all that. Cause it's an outdoor wedding. And I hope the karma of, of the rainstorm gets to one. Yeah. But when it rains on wedding day, that's always, it's always a good sign. So they well, good. I hope they get a good sign and I hope, it, I hope it rains <laughs> like a mofo. Seriously. And uh. I, ta- and I don't, I don't take any of that back. No. But I'll be I'll be at the game, but I'll probably I'm gonna have to I'll be honest, I'll probably watch college football as I'm driving back, the late night game. I'll probably watch the Baylor game as I'm driving down forty five. <laughs> Safety first. That's I'll just put motto. it in the dash. I'll just yeah. put it in the dash and glance down. Because yeah. I think BYU might get Baylor this week too. Okay. I'd, I know you're interested in I that. Don't, I don't I just have trouble watching college football. I don't know. All right. All right, Billy. Billy Bad A. Billy Bad A. Okay. But you say Chris Moore is the next Wes Welker. Real fair, real fair cap. I think I think the the recording will bear out that that is not what I said. You said it could be solid. That's what I heard. I said capable. So mm-hmm. all right. well, I hit all Check my talking tape. points. Do you have anything else you want to cover tonight, man? Um this was a not good, really. was a I good mean, first gotta, start. Got out the first start, and I think I think right in an hour is perfect. So yeah, yeah I, I've gotten everything I want. Uh, I, I do want to say I'm gonna I'm gonna drop a YouTube channel on yeah. Friday. So subscribe, uh, share all that. I would very much appreciate it. Going to be interactive. Uh, Going to have a lot of fun on top of the radio show. Just a chance to interact, put some stuff out there, uh, pump out some content. Season preview coming out Friday. Sunday, I'll have uh, a post-game show starting at 6. 
so we'll, we'll get right into that, probably go live uh, up to Sunday Night Football. So I'm looking forward to that, too. You decide on a name yet? Uh, the locker room as of right now. So, yeah, Ooh, you got to go basic. I like yeah, it. You know, I like it. You know, you know. All right. Well, I'll definitely tune in as best as I can. Um, I appreciate the time tonight, sir. We'll uh, do this again next week and uh, may see if we bring in an extra guest or something like that. But we had upwards of, I think, 118 listeners at various points during the show tonight. So I appreciate everybody taking the time and listening in and appreciate all the feedback and and all the comments. I see a lot of good comments in the uh, tweet thread as well. And appreciate uh, Vera, as always, bringing in his questions and and Chuck hitting up the, the Twitter thread. So with that, we'll... Shut it down for the night, and I appreciate everybody's time. Landry, have a good day. Hey, evening. Jerry Hughes tomorrow on In the Loop, too. Jerry Hughes. Jerry Hughes on the loop. What time? In the loop. We're going to have him in the 10 o'clock hour. 10 o'clock hour. You know how our interviews are. They're yes. always fun. We always get the most of the players. You can get the generic stuff at the podium, but when we get interviews, we will get the most. I got an immediate question for Jerry Hughes. because I, I got a bone to pick with him, and I got to figure something out with him. So I'm going to do that tomorrow right. at 10. I'll be listening. All right. right. Well, with that, we'll shut it down, and everybody have a wonderful night. Thank you. All right. See ya.